Hello and welcome back to episode six of the Partnership Podcast. It's your host, Monica Lee, and we are back with another guest who did feature in episode two, goes by the name of John Vary. He's a futurologist who spoke alongside Catherine Murden. Remember that episode? Yes, where they spoke about the partner plan being a critical part of the partnership plan. This episode, however, is Young Minds in the Partner Plan. It's a follow-up from the first Partner Plan podcast, and this time he's accompanied by Akram Solomon, who's a team manager at Oxford Street. So, let me tell you this here. This episode is super interesting and very informative. I'll just let you in with a little bit, like a little snippet, okay? So, John talks a lot about a lock-in which I'm sure as you continue to listen, you'll definitely learn more. Okay, less from me now, let's just get into it. Hello everyone, welcome to the Partnership Podcast. My name is John Berry and I am Futurologist in the Partnership. I should probably start by answering the question I'm sure is on all your minds, what is a Futurologist? As a futurologist, my role is to make reality more malleable for the people I work with. You see, the future is not just a place we can get to by weaving through time. It's here all around us in the shape of what I like to call weak signals. I found that these peculiar weak signals are often ignored because they are typically rogue and not yet fully formed. I'm obsessed with these signals because they, to me, are pockets of the future in the here and now. And with imagination and research, they can help illuminate a path to unbounded opportunities. Therefore, my role is to notice these wild and wonderful signals and help the partnership translate them into new human-centered opportunities. If anyone would like to know more, please, please do get in touch. Okay, so some background for this podcast. In an earlier episode, I joined Catherine Muirden, Director of Transformation for the Partnership, to talk about the partner plan, including how it is a critical part of the partnership plan and how we explored internal and external stimuli to to help us illuminate interesting nuggets and and influence the future of the partner plan, amongst other things. Actually, it might be helpful to go and listen to that first podcast. You can find the details of that podcast in the details below. So during the partner plan diagnostic phase, we have been very robust of each other to ensure we would engage with as many people as possible inside and outside the partnership to contribute to our thinking. One specific area we wanted to develop was our thinking in emerging generations. So we decided to create a Young Minds network of partners aged between 18 and 25-ish to help us provocate and discover undiscovered perspectives and experiences we wouldn't normally have access to. Actually, a member of this Young Minds network is with me today on this podcast. His name is Akram Solomon. Hey Akram, thanks for taking part. Um, Can you please just take a moment to tell the listeners where you work and how long you've been a partner? Yeah, hello John and hello everyone. Uh, my name's Akram, I'm the team manager at John Lewis um, Oxford Street um, and I've been a partner for two and a half years. Um, and thank you John for inviting me to, to join you here today. No, the thank yous for you and, and this is an extra special thank you actually. Um, as recently uh, on the 15th and 16th of March, uh, Akram took part in a, a lock-in for the partner plan. So for, for listeners, who missed the first podcast, um, please do, again, I'm sorry, person, go back and, and, and listen to that podcast. Who are curious about what the lock-in actually is, let me very, very quickly fill in some gaps. 
So to start with, uh, everything has been one big experiment. We had nine teams made up of partners. Um, and they were mobilized about five to six weeks ago to accelerate innovative, creative thinking within human needs we had identified to be core to the partner experience. As I said earlier, I'm like, please do go and listen to that first podcast because that would explain what those needs actually are. So to close the five to six week sprint, we, we held a lock-in where each work stream had eight minutes to pitch their ideas to an audience of partners. We had over 90 partners in the remote lock-in. These partners came from all areas of the business. We had leaders, council members, partners who work extremely close to the customers, partners who work in supply chain, and partners who may have only been in the business for a very short amount of time. We wanted this event to represent how inclusive we have strived to be throughout so that partners could really help influence how the partner experience working in the business going forward. So Akram, so I'm, I'm conscious that it's been mainly me talking, so I really want to, to stimulate some conversation. So I'm really curious. So how, how important do you think it is for emerging generations to be heard within a business? Um, well, I'm a bit biased, obviously, um, John, but I think, um, I think obviously, Look, like in any business, there's a constant need to change, adapt and um, evolve to meet, meet the needs and wants of your employees and your customer base. And you only achieve that by going out there and exploring those what those what those needs and wants are. You, you've done that, obviously, in the first part of this um, part of this plan. Um, so I guess then for us to for us to be able to future future ah, can't speak. Sorry. Future proof ourselves um, and get ahead of the curve. Um, we 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 need to to go out there and speak to future generations, um, because they are demanding different things. Um, so so what me, what, me, what might be desirable um, right now, um, or what was desirable in the past, might not be desirable in the future, um, and that's relevant not only to the kind of partner experience and what partners want from work, but it also guides customers to shop with us. Um, so I've blabbed on a bit, but in summary, I think that our voices absolutely do need to be heard um, for us to continue to attract and retain young and future talent and for us to remain relevant as a as a place that young and future customers want to shop. Um, so you do that by by listening to those those very people. Yeah, great. I mean, I love the idea of, of, of future-proofing everything we do, and I don't think there's no better way than, than really understanding, you know, these emerging minds, these emerging generations, as well as accessing all of the other, you know, generations and, and, and perspectives that, that we have access to. Um, so what were your first thoughts? And, you know, you know, we, we spoke to you a while ago around the partner plan, and I'm just curious to, to, to learn how you really felt, and it can be good or bad. Um, I think, so I think that the, the very essence of our partnership, it, our, our kind of defining differentiator even is that we, that we're employee owned, which means that our employee experience has to and simply kind of must be better than how it would feel to work in a traditional business. And so with that in mind, I was quite glad that the partner plan sought to straight to uh, stay true to that. Um, and it's been referred to as a missing piece of the puzzle when we talk about the partnership plan. Um, so I think it is something that's very much needed to bring us closer to what, what was initially set out as our purpose and it, it, it underpins everything we do. Um, so I'm glad we're doing this and I'm truly excited to see the outcome of the plan because um, I do think this is the start of something very special. So, so we have to get it right. Um, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling optimistic, John. 
Yeah, that's great. And and I, I look back to to when we reached out initially and you know I wasn't too sure what the uptake would be to get people involved uh, in this emerging generation, this young minds minds network. And and so it was fantastic to get so many different different perspectives. Like how did it feel like for you to be part of, of the partner plan? You know, in terms of the, the locking more specifically, you know, how how did you feel? immediately after um what in terms of being being part of the lock-in yeah yeah go after the, the the 15th and 16th happened like what was your feelings after well if if i'm honest i think first of all i was quite surprised that i was invited to attend in the same way i was quite surprised that i've been invited here today and um, so i'm grateful and um, and thank you again for having me but so the lock-in itself was, it was a bit of a magical moment for me. For me. It was an opportunity to connect with um, my role as a co-owner in this business in a way that I haven't always. Um, and just as simply as someone that's listened to at work. Um, and I do wish that more partners had the opportunity to do the same because I, I did take a lot from it. And I think I was able to, to, to really input as well. Um, and other people obviously interacting with different aspects of the partner plan in other ways too. Um, I felt as if I really needed to to represent what was important to people my age and also people in branches because because I am a young person um, and I do work in a branch and and I think every attendee would have felt a similar way and shared a similar sentiment and because we were all there for different reasons and so we had obviously people from uh, people there representing branches people there from distribution people there from the networks and. But yeah, I guess to end my point, um, I left feeling quite grateful to be a part of what will be quite a massive moment in the right direction. Um, but I also recognise that 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 the what we set out will take time, and that we've got some catching up to do before anything else. After all, um, this is this is a five year plan. Yeah, thank you. I the, the two days itself. I mean, we. Again, we were, we've been quite robust throughout the whole process around making this feel as human as possible, making it feel simple and effortless in terms of how people can can engage. Um, and the two days itself, we wanted to be very different. So well, do you have any reflections on like, feelings that you have on the actual approach itself over the two days? Is that something, a similar kind of style that you've been part of before? Um, what do you think? Um, I mean, no, it's, it was very different to anything I've been been part of before I thought the approach was fast paced it was um it was experimental and it was really well run it didn't feel like it was something that was happening within the partnership it felt it felt like we were just doing something very different and um, and I think without wanting to repeat too much of what what you what you've um you've talked about when you were kind of setting the scene um I think it was great great to hear the context from you initially so so understanding more about the the context that we find ourselves in and how our kind of partner employee proposition compares to other businesses so we were looking inwards at the needs but we were also looking outwards and um, the pitch style presentations were, were really good to hear so obviously we only had eight minutes each workstream only had eight minutes to to pitch our ideas i quite like that and um, and obviously we had the different um, choices that we could make I like that we had the opportunity to then discuss and debate and even interrogate some ideas. Um, and that being said, I did recognise that some ideas weren't fully formed yet. And 
um, some were perhaps more doable than others. Um, but yeah, I think I think what else? What, what I also find found quite particularly interesting um, is that we we took time to understand what what moves would be game changers and what would make us different and and innovative as a workplace. And um, within that, we started to see that some ideas would bring us to a market standard more than anything else, um, because we do have some ca catching up to do in certain areas. Um, but sorry, bringing it back to your to your question, I think the approach was was really really fun, um, and it was engaging. And I think I called this out um, earlier as well. We did have representation from from people from all over the place, um, which was uh, which was great. And it's clear that a lot of effort had gone into um, into the partner plan at that stage, and even the event itself. We had, I think, it was about ninety people, wasn't it, um, John, that took part. So um, there were there were loads of perspectives there. And one thing that did stick out to me at the very beginning of that session was that Catherine Murden could have made clear that that hierarchy had no place at the lock-in. Um, and that every voice would be heard, no matter seniority. Um, and I thought that was, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic just to set that kind of tone. And and I have to say, I mean, Catherine has been great, and I've learned so much from her and, and the rest of the team throughout. Um, and and I guess if I was representing Catherine right now, um, she would absolutely be wanting me to understand more from you as a partner in the business. What are your hopes for the future of the partner plan? Um, oh, okay. Um, I think I think I hope to I hope that we start to push through an action plan um, that that really addresses and solutionizes all the things that have been called out as the things that partners want and need. Um, and I want it to be a strong reflection of um, of partner opinion balance with our with our business needs and um, what we don't want I think I can speak for a lot of partners is we, we don't want a watered down version of partner opinion and I think there's always a risk that we can give people what they what they don't want or need um, so I think it's important that the the end result of the partnership plan is really reflective of all the work that's gone into it um, previously and um, so we really need to show that we can join up where we first started to the to, to the kind of middle stage where we engage partners um, on the plan and then to the final end result so that every partner understands the rationale behind the decision making um, and understands that they've been listened to. Um, and then just to round that off, I think that I hope to see that we make some quick uh, quick wins um, as soon as possible because um, there are things that we can be doing right now that we don't need to wait for, um, especially in areas where our partner experience um, might be might be lagging behind some of our competitors. Um, and then I want us to take all of that and start to move into space of being really market leading um, and uh, to kind of continue, but begin and continue to do things that, that really make us um, a unique place to work as we should be. Yeah, it's fantastic. A really good point to, to kind of close on. I just wanted to take a moment now like, and, and share a personal um, story. Um, it's, it's, and it's probably not linked to the partner plan, probably more linked to, to you know, why you know, working with emerging generation young minds is so important. And I, I want to go back in time, uh, probably two, maybe three years ago, I was giving a, a talk at Kingston, John Lewis branch, 
uh, and I was approached by um, a lady um, who uh, basically pitched for her daughter to come and spend a week uh, in my team on work experience. Um, I explained that I try not to just have anybody do work experience. I like to give them a task and give them a week to come and respond to that task and 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 add value rather than just following me around, joining meetings and, and so on. And so she agreed and really, really exciting. So a couple of weeks later, um, her, her daughter, 14-year-old Isabel, joined the team for a week. I had initially set a brief to vaguely remember, which was around exploring a future where partners and sidewalks work, work side by side, what would the opportunities and what would the implications be for the partnership. I was just interested in a speculative view in how she would approach that, that brief. Uh, she went away for about 10 minutes and she came back and she basically just ripped the brief up in front of me uh, and said, yeah, I think this is a really interesting brief. Instead, I would rather explore how machines and cyborgs could help challenge gender-based biases. I was like, okay, I was really curious um, and really wanted to understand more around the brief. I was actually quite taken aback at how bold and brave she was but to, to, to take that approach, which was fantastic. So she explained, she goes, there is a number of people in my class at school who, who don't recognize as having a gender or, or their gender changes from day to day, talking about this gender fluidity. Um, so again, it's not often that there's something that I'm, I'm not aware of or something that I'm really curious to understand more about. And, and this was, was that one of those moments. Um, so I was really curious. I was like, can you, can you bring it to life more? And so, so what she did is she, she showed me the, the sign-up page for Facebook in 2000, I think it was 17 or 18 at the time. And she showed me that there was over 78 different genders you could choose from when signing up for Facebook. Now, I hadn't been on Facebook sign-up page since 2004, so something I would have never had access to. And it really kind of blew me away of, of that, the access to that, that nugget, that stimulus, that is such a weak signal that we wouldn't have access to if we didn't tap into that network. And, and so she, she went away and she developed this, this technology that would help people augment voice so that it wouldn't recognize as being a gender, male or female. You could actually personalize it so that you could be what you wanted to be. And, and that has stayed with me ever since, if I'm honest. And now I'm always trying to, to tap into this, this emerging minds, this young minds network, as well as other networks, but to just add a different lens, a different view on what the world could look like down, down the road. Okay, enough storytelling. So uh, we come to the end of this podcast. I, I just wanted to, to wrap up by saying personally how excited I am by the partner plan. I've worked on some really exciting projects in the partnership. But I don't think I've ever been as excited as I am now for, for the opportunities that, that lie ahead for us. Um, so you'll be no doubt now thinking with that, like, so what next? Well, having just finished the locking, there is a lot of work going on in the background to capture the views from all of the people that joined the lock-in to make sure that these views are considered and helping to iterate um, the ideas from the different teams to, to make sure that we're capturing all the opportunities we can. So what I would say is watch this space for updates and keep an eye on the partner plan hub on the intranet um, for, for, for next, next steps. So, okay, yeah end of the, the podcast i just want to say a very very special thank you again for akram um, for his participation in the podcast as well as his very special contribution to the lock-in and the partner plan so thank you akram and, and lastly thank you to everyone who had been listening um, and thanks for tuning in take care
I hope you really, really, really enjoyed this episode and please make sure to subscribe so that you continue to remain up to date and notified when a new episode is published. We'll be back for episode seven next week. Same time, same place. But in the meantime, please have a lovely week. Enjoy the sunshine today because we know British weather, it won't last forever. Okay, but take care and I'm out.